everyone. Welcome to another Monday edition of Hearts Home Half, hosted by yours truly, Austin Hart, now presented by my boys over at Big Dog Media. Working really hard over there to try and grow their brand, so go give them a follow on Instagram at Big Dog Media and on Twitter at Big Dog Media Co. If you also want to find any of the content that I'm pushing out for the Tampa Bay Rays now, I've become uh, a contributor for them on fansided.com. I've been writing all about them. So if you want to go check out any of those articles, I have the links for the Rays Colored Glasses site where you can find all of those articles in my personal Instagram and Twitter bio. You can find the link in both of those at AustinHeart24 on both of those platforms. And of course, you can find on Hearts Home Half on both of those platforms as well at Hearts Home Half. All right, now let's get into our day today. We're going to go over a little bit of the NFL preseason games. We're going to recap those, uh, the Jaguars playing the Browns and the Buccaneers and the Dolphins game. We'll go over how both of those games shook out, and we'll go over how Drew Rasmussen for the Tampa Bay Rays almost had a perfect game yesterday. Yes, he took a perfect game into the ninth inning Big story, I'll deal, detail that just a little bit later. But for now, let's jump right into some preseason football action. And let's start out with the Buccaneers and the Dolphins matchup. A really fun game to watch, honestly. The Like we were talking about in the last episode, the Sunshine State battle. It was a tight game all the way through. And the Dolphins ultimately come away with the preseason victory 26-24. to The Bucks' third-string kicker, Jose Borregales, I think you you pronounce that last name. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. But he doinked the last kick of the night off the upright as the final seconds were winding down. Missed the potential game winner from 49 yards out. And the Bucks end up losing 26-24. to In terms of the game, though, both sides, I think, played pretty well. And there were some good things to come out of both sides. Uh, some really decent action, honestly, just for the preseason. Uh, in terms of Miami, their third string QB, Skylar Thompson, he drew the star and played the entire game. Tua did not play a snap, nor did many of the starters on the offensive side. side. But this Thompson kid looked really, really good. I mean, he looked very comfortable in this offense, and the offense looked pretty comfortable around him as well. He went 20 for 28 with 218 yards and a touchdown on the night, no picks. He also drove the offense into field goal position multiple times for kicker Jason Sanders. He banged four field goals through, including a 53-yard bomb. Uh, that accumulated pretty much all of the Dolphins' points from that night, and uh, with the exception of a scooping score that the Dolphins' defense was able to pick up as well. Um, the defense got that fumble on the scooping score and an interception, so played pretty well themselves. And uh, Thompson threw his only touchdown pass, actually the play after the Dolphins got their interception off of the Bucks. It was a 22-yard dime to Lynn Bowden Jr. Really great pass for him there. So he was a he was actually a very exciting watch for the Dolphins. Kind of crazy that this guy's like way down on their depth chart, but man, he looked very poised, very comfortable. I know again, just preseason game, not playing against the biggest and best talent in the world, but man, I liked what that kid had to had to offer in this game. On the Buccaneers side of the football, I'll tell you what, man, it was really exciting to see Kyle Trask hit the field for the Bucs and play pretty exceptionally well. I was very, very happy with his performance. And I would say a lot of people out, out there are impressed with his performance as well, considering 
the jump I think that he's made from last season playing in the preseason, how he was looking in his rookie starts until now. I think he has progressed a ton. If you actually listen to my, the Barroom Boys, my boys under Big Dog Media, if you want to go listen to their podcast, they actually talked about this game as well. And my boy Johnny Mondo had a great point. Kyle Trask has looked fantastic in terms of his physique. I mean, he's really been working on cutting down his weight, putting down, putting on a lot of muscle, and really just working on toning his body to get himself in so much better of shape to play NFL football compared to how I guess you know he was built in college. Um, he looks fantastic, and honestly, again, yes, I loved the way that he was playing in this game. Before he even came in, Blaine Gabbert, the 12th-year pro, he started for Tampa and played two series, one of which actually comprised of a 23-yard touchdown pass to Jalen Darden. And Trask came in right after that and pretty much played the entire rest of the game. He engineered a fantastic drive. The first one he came in, he went 5 of 6 and threw for 67 yards just on that drive and capped it off with a Keyshawn Vaughn touchdown run. Uh, at the end of that, he really drove that team down the field and looked really good doing it. But after that, he did hit a little bit uh, of some of some speed bumps, little bumps in the road. Uh, he threw an ill-advised interception on a screenplay. It was kind of a weird play. I don't really think that the interception was was his fault. It was a great miraculous catch by the Dolphins defender uh, to hold on to that football. So. I don't really think that was extremely his fault. Kind of got it ripped away from the running back. Um, but the fumble, he was definitely responsible for. You know, again, kind of another fluky turnover fumbles are. But uh, one of the defensive linemen got to him right before he was about to get his pass off. The ball got out, and there was a scoop and score play from there. So the Dolphins really capitalized on that turnover opportunity. But throughout the rest of the game, I mean, he really moved on, stayed poised, and looked phenomenal. I mean, he went 25 of 33 with 258 yards passing throughout the entire game. He had a dime of a touchdown pass in the mid-third quarter. Um, he He just looked so much more improved, I think, from last year. The team overall seemed a lot deeper compared to the roster that they put together last year. And I think overall... Even though it was a loss, uh, there, there were a lot of good things to come out of this game, especially surrounding that offense and what Kyle Trask was able to do with them. He could definitely look like the heir apparent after uh, after Brady decides to hang it up the way he's been progressing and looking like he's improving under this system and understanding the game at the NFL level. Uh, also, in terms of the coaches for both teams, new head coaches Todd Bowles, Mike McDaniels, they both looked really good in their first preseason games. They stayed true to their game plans. They worked on really trying to pick apart the other team's weaknesses. It was, it was a good game to watch. And again, the Dolphins end up with that win 26-24. But I think there's there's some high expectations set for both of these coaches in their first year. And rightfully so. They got a lot of talent around them. And I think both of these guys are going to do a great job in their respective franchises. For the next preseason games, the Bucks will go on to face the Titans in Tennessee on Saturday at 7 p.m. And at the same time, Dolphins, they will be playing at home against the Raiders. So now on to the next game. Uh, not too much to talk about this one. The Browns and the Jaguars. The Jaguars from Jacksonville unfortunately lost their second preseason game in a row. They got worked by the Cleveland Browns 24-13. 
Deshaun Watson, he started and struggled in his very first game back in a year for the Browns, and he certainly faced an earful from the Jacksonville fans. I mean, they were shouting all kinds of things at him uh, when he took that field. They were they were all over him. That was probably like one of the biggest stories of the game because really other than that, I think the biggest story was how well the Jags starters were able to play for the first three series that they played. Travis Etienne, he saw his first action in a year. He rushed for 23 yards, looked really good, gained 10 yards on a reception that set up a field goal. Again, I think he is going to be a very integral part of this offense this season. If you've been listening to the last couple pods, I really love what I what he's going to be able to put together for Jacksonville this year. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, he looked really good as well. Only went 6 for 12, but had 95 yards and a touchdown pass to Evan Ingram on a fourth down play. Um, it was actually significant also to see the Jags on all three of their starter series. They scored on all three of them, got a touchdown and two field goals. And I think that's already shown a lot of improvement in this Doug Peterson regime. Although it wasn't against the top pass rushers of Jadavian Clowney and Miles Garrett for the Browns, I think they were able to put together some great series that they could be proud of, build some momentum and some confidence off of that. Um, but unfortunately, in terms of their st- of their scoring, Second and third teams could not get it done. It was all Browns from that point forward. They scored the next 24 points starting from the mid-second quarter and kept Jacksonville at 13 for the rest of the game. So for the next game, the Jags will stay at home in Jacksonville. They will be welcoming Kenny Pickett and the Steelers come into town on Saturday. That game will be starting at 8 p.m. And hopefully Jacksonville, they can look for their first preseason win in this game. All right, so now before we wrap things up on this quick episode today, man, I have a really great story I wanted to talk about. And yesterday, it was almost a historic day for Rays pitching because starter Drew Rasmussen took a perfect game bid into the ninth inning. So for anybody out there that doesn't understand what a perfect game might be in baseball, that's when a pitcher can go through the entire lineup First inning through ninth inning and not allow a single walk, error, hit, anything. Not allow a single runner on base. 27 batters up and 27 batters retired. That is a perfect game. It is very, very rare in the game of baseball. Probably one of the most rare things you can come across. And it's actually very funny. One of these hasn't occurred since Felix Hernandez for the Seattle Mariners tossed one against the Rays yes against the Rays on this very day in 2012 so 10 years ago to this day August 15th Felix Hernandez through the last perfect game in the MLB against those Rays so how kind of like poetic was this uh, opportunity to be able to happen for Drew Rasmussen the day before the 10-year anniversary of the Rays uh, being on the negative side of the last perfect game in history but nonetheless they played the Baltimore Orioles yesterday a 140 day game start on a Sunday and in just what seemed like a regular game Rasmussen was absolutely outstanding this team was juiced up beyond belief and it seemed like every time an Oriole made contact with any pitch, it was it was perfectly at a player position. The perfect game kept staying intact. I mean, the dude threw only 87 pitches in eight and a third innings of work. He threw 62 of them for strikes. I don't think you understand how wildly efficient that is. To throw 87 pitches 
in eight and a third innings, I mean, you're averaging nine to ten pitches per inning, which is incredible. I mean, pitchers would kill to be able to go out on the mound and do that on a consistent basis. I mean, that is efficient. And 62 out of 87 pitches are strikes. I mean, you're not you're not leaving a whole lot of room for hitters there to be able to take balls, work counts, elongate counts, do anything to make themselves feel more comfortable with the plate. And that's why Rasmussen was so dominant throughout the entire day. Unfortunately, though, as soon as that ninth inning hit, the very first pitch, Jorge Mateo doubled down the left field line and he broke up the perfect game bid. He eventually came around to score on a wild pitch as well in the same inning, but it's only right that this guy would be the one to break up the perfect game. The night before, he had gone 5 for 5. Had an absolutely fantastic, phenomenal night. Um, so it's only right that this guy, the hit monster for the Orioles the night before, uh, comes through and provides the only hit for the Orioles in this game. The bullpen was able to come in and close out the game and give the Rays a 4-1 to win and an important one to stay a couple games ahead of the surging Orioles in the wild card race. Every game is starting to mean a lot in terms of the playoff race. So as the season starts winding down, these games are going to become even more important day by day and we'll continue to be breaking them all down and getting into the heat of the playoff race. But that's about going to wrap it up for today's episode of Heart Home Half. Again, it's another uh, quick, short episode, but thank you so much to everybody that's been tuning in. I really, really appreciate it. Uh, Go share this with all your friends, all your family. I really, really appreciate it. want to grow this as much as possible. And of course, I'll be back on Thursday with another brand new, fresh episode. So until then, I'm Austin Hart, and I will see you next time. (laughs) 